Hey, Mark. How we doing? Hey, Johnny. How are you, buddy? Uh, I've been having some issues lately, man. Yeah? Yeah. Last, last time we talked, I was having some nightmares, but uh, this time, you know... I, I, I ate this really, really big meal like three days ago. Yeah. And has yet has yet to resurface. Now, without getting too uh, graphic, or not graphic, but too TMI, did, did you eat some dog meat maybe? Uh, I didn't eat any do- oh, I, I didn't eat any dog meat, man. Um, uh, but it, like, I mean, shit, I, I used to go like once a day. Yeah. And now it's like five days. I think I might need to go to the doctor's. Yeah, yeah. I got a, a pretty unmentionable problem. <laughs> it's constipation. <laughs> All right, that's our segue into today's episode of Dangle Podcast. We're all stopped up on that segue. <laughs> <laughs> what, welcome back to Dangle Podcast, the weekly podcast where me, Mark, and my good buddy Johnny. Take uh, two episodes of the classic adult animation TV show, King of the Hill, and discuss them and try and figure out if they're good or bad or somewhere in between. And, uh, yeah. So, what's on the docket for this one, Johnny? Well, we're going to start today's episode with, uh, season one, episode six, Hank's Unmentionable Problem. Problem with his underwear. Can't find a pair that fits him right. I don't think it's just his underwear. Otherwise, we wouldn't get a cameo by uh, former Surgeon General C. Everett Coop. So I think it might be a little, uh, little more than just his underpants that's the problem. <laughs> All righty, Mark. Uh, we've got an original air date for this episode. It's February 23, 1997. So we are just fresh off of Valentine's Day. We've, mm-hmm. we've left Buckley and Luann in the past. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, Luann's still here. But it's not too big of a yeah, not too big of a thing. Uh, let's <laughs> our cast of characters for this episode: Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill; Luann Platter; Dale and Nancy Gribble. This is our first real kind of introduction to Nancy Gribble. We finally get to see a little bit about her, yeah, and see her like kind of gabbing a little bit with Peggy. See their their lady friendship. We've got Boomhauer, Mister Bill Dotrieve, and then a couple of cameos here. Uh, we have Doctor Morley. And his med student Tasha, mm-hmm. we have Mister Lee, and then of course we have our Surgeon General C. Everett Coop. We also have just the tiniest little nugget, no poop joke intended, of Cotton Hill. <laughs> yes, we do. He's not uh, not mentioned in here, but we definitely have that. All right, Mark, do you get a synopsis for this? Because I got a, a a single sentence. What's your single sentence? Because mine is Hank can't shit. Hank is having bathroom troubles, and Peggy lets her mind run with worry. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hank can't shit is also another good one. It's not. Yours was a lot more eloquent than mine. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about uh, constipation, man. It doesn't need to be eloquent. Fair enough. So uh, we really only have an A story in this. Mm-hmm. And there's really only two characters that interact at like at any length for this entire episode. That's Hank and Peggy. Yes. So, what do you think of this episode, Mark? You got pros, you got cons. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a lot of pros actually. Actually, this might be my proiest episode so far. Okay, well, yeah. let's hear some of them. Um, this is a fantastic Peggy episode. I know later on down the line, everyone gets really sick of Peggy after one certain in- event, incident, whatever. But this one, she's not overbearing. She's not. 
she's not smart Peggy, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't like to call it smart Peggy, but it's when Peggy talks out her ass and just doesn't know what she's talking about. She is genuinely concerned for the man that he loves. Or she, yes. Again, she's genuinely concerned for the man that she loves. Um, yes. She is supportive. She tries everything she possibly can. Like, even insofar as they go to the, the health food store. And she's trying to get Hank to be open-minded about this because she loves this man and wants to make sure that everything he does is the best. And even if that is just him, you know, duking it out on the rag. But yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that, that's my biggest pro for this episode is it's just Peggy is so loving and caring. And maybe maybe a little bit, I guess misguided might be the, wor- the right word because she does. She goes sure. and asks Nancy. And even then, even then, it's a good bit when Nancy's like, I'm a meteorologist. All right, I'm not even a meteorologist. I'm a weather girl. Like, where do, where does good. she pull polio out of? That's what I want to know. That's, yeah, okay, that's a good one, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want my opinion, he's got polio. What the hell, Nancy? <laughs> no, I, God, I definitely... Nancy would totally Peggy's... be like a Facebook mom, like, mommy blogger, just like, the vaccines, ah, Oh, God, she would totally be an anti-vaxxer. Well, shit, she is married to Dale. True. Very true. Uh, no, i got to agree with you, though. I've got Peggy in here as well. Um, I I wrote down that we've got a lot of Peggy running over Hank. Like, yeah. She basically, like, and it, like you said, it's it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of worry about him. And it's a lot of very warranted worry about him. You know, if someone isn't going to take a dump for five straight days... You have every right to be kind of worried about it. That's a, a long deal. time. Yeah. Especially with the amount that Hank eats. But so she she definitely runs over a lot of the the stuff that he's got going on. And I think we see a lot of very funny comical frustration from Hank because of it. Yes. Well, too, um, it's Hank is Hank is still um I don't want to say bound up. That's not the right word. It's too he's uptight, sorry. Hank is still yes. uptight and like even in the last couple episodes, we get weirdly uncharacteristic Hank of like, he is outwardly, he will outwardly show affection to Peggy. And that's kind of weird. But even this, he's still like, I do not want to discuss my inability to take a dump with anybody, let alone you, yes. let alone a doctor that you've now drugged me to. Yeah. This is our first, my big, big pro here is this is our first um, episode where we really see Hank getting uncomfortable with something for yeah. the whole episode. Which great place like, to start with it, like Yes, it is on full display here. Literally. Literally on full display. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think this is our first nudity in the series. I, yeah. I think so, yeah. Also like uh, first also, like internal camera v- views in this series. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh I wrote that this episode it's a surprisingly human story. Yes. That is not your standard sitcom trope. So it feels very smart. You know, you're not going to turn on uh, uh, an episode of Roseanne in the mid 90s and have them talking to John Goodman about getting a camera shoved up his ass. Like it's not going to happen. Thank God. <laughs> like, let's it's get that out of the strengths. way right now. I do not want to think about John Goodman getting an endoscope like ever. Not even once. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't to me, like it, it's a very smart use of the animated format because you can get away with it in an animated format. Mm-hmm. And like it's they're exploring something that is it can be very funny, but you can also do character development with it. Like it's a very good use of a lot of stuff. If I'm not mistaken, um 
I want to say it's Paul Lieberstein who wrote this episode, and a lot of folks know Paul Lieberstein because he's in The Office. Who's he in The Office? He's Toby. Toby oh, hell. from The Office okay, is yeah. one of the I main know, writers okay, of King yeah. of the Hill. I, I did know that. I just kind of forgot that I knew that. <laughs> so I'm going to look it up real quick here and yeah, just sure. double check. I know he's he's it's either him or it's Toby Huss, who is he's a, also a regular with King of the Hill. We're going to get a lot of Toby Huss next episode, and I'm I'm not actually excited about that. We're going to get much. a lot of Toby Huss in about 20 minutes here, yeah. Oh, never mind. This is no. written by Mike Judge and Greg Daniels. Oh, okay. Maybe the last one was written by him. Well, then yeah, I the hate... last one was written by Toby. Well, then I guess mark <laughs> me down as a Michael Scott because I hate. Oh, God, I hate my head Toby. just exploded. Sorry. No, but then my brain goes, Toby, Toby Huss, or Toby from The Office. I'm like, wait, what's happening? No. <laughs> That's very fair. It's a one-way road. Yeah. Oh, God, Toby, no. But anyway, yeah, like, so I don't know. I think it's uh, it's it's a cool way to show something unique in animation and a mm-hmm. story that wouldn't get told otherwise. You know, you get to go into a lot of silly bathroom humor without having to worry about sensors they're not having to worry about like though they're really and they're they're doing such a good job not making poop jokes it's actually one it's it's in one of my cons i'll bring that up here in just a little bit okay because i feel like there's a lot of of un unclaimed real estate when it comes to this episode (laughs) okay um and then uh i have to point out that one of my pros here is we have our very first kicked ass Ooh, interesting okay our very first on-screen kicked ass because everybody knows one of hank's famous things that he says is that i'm gonna kick your ass and there's very there's a few times he actually kicks someone in their ass and this is the very first one apparently you don't want to take hank to a moxibushionist I got it. I got a thing for that a little bit later <laughs> on. We'll talk about it. Oh, good stuff. But I mean, other than that, I mean, some of the other pros here, I didn't write them down specifically, but any interaction that Bobby has in the medical facility is perfect. Such I was a watching weird this e- thing. Yeah. 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 I was watching this episode with my wife today and uh, she's, she's sitting, we're eating dinner and she is watching as Bobby picks up the the large intestine, the plastic large intestine, and blows through it like it's the freaking horn of Helm Hammerhand, and she just about snorted her entire Jimmy John's out of her out of her nose. <laughs> Especially with Peggy's Peggy's just saying, "You don't know where that's been. You put that back." Not even stopping him from literally blowing out an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, any interaction with Bobby in the medical setting is perfect. The way that Dr. Morley very, like, just smoothly is like, hey, I'm everybody's best friend. We're going to have this great time. I know it's super uncomfortable for you, but we're going to make a joke like your kid's going to just shove this camera up your ass. Like, it is some of the funniest Bobby interactions with Hank that you can think of. Oh, it's great. But then just this, like, he's walking through a doctor's office opening doors. Yes. Like, again, this is a good... I know that we... I think we've said this for, like, every episode, except for the except for Luann's saga. This is a pretty all right Bobby episode, too. You know, it's... It is. Not it a lot is. of, like, Bobby I, growth, but it's he's great for what he does. We get a lot of really fun, like, 
uh, just single moments for him, like uh, doing the jackass 11-year-old kid thing and hitting every single button in the elevator and then having the pregnant lady jump in and have her baby two, two floors up. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's it's great. Uh, so while we're on the subject of, of doctor stuff, Mark, I have a, I have a moment here that uh, until today, and I've watched this series many times, uh-huh. I had never made the connection. Okay. It is a rather ribald connection. Okay. Uh, at one point, Peggy is explaining to the doctor that Hank doesn't go. He hasn't gone to the bathroom in five days. Uh-huh. And he used to go every two days. Mm-hmm. And when they were first dating, they, he went every single day. And then she begins to describe uh, talking to <laughs> Hank's mom. And she says, uh, you know, she said he used to be in there four or five. Did I miss a masturbation joke this entire time? You absolutely did because I have that in my notes. Hank's mom was blind to his fapping. Y- yes. Pretty much. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Hank was in the uh, bathroom peeling it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mark, uh, now, have, have, has that ever been addressed? With Hank so. in this whole series, can you well, think of another time other one than time. other <laughs> one other time than the adult video episode? And that was it. Yeah, that was it. That's yeah. it, though. But he he never says if he's a proponent. He never says if he is against it. He never says anything about it. How have I gone this long not knowing what where where Hank Hill stands on masturbation? I think there are certain questions we just can't ask ourselves, Johnny. I, you know, because that opens up a horrible gateway into like, well, so when did like, when does Joseph start? Is it pre or post puberty? We can already pretty much assume Uh, that Bobby is not, you know, socking the fuzz even once. Yeah. But then like Peggy has a vibrator. We talked about that a couple episodes back in, we did in square peg. She has a vibrator in her bag. Maybe just maybe they're a lot more sexually open than they ever talk about or anything. They just don't do it. Cause it's, it's literally behind closed doors. Yeah. I don't know. You know, maybe there is just a whole side of, of Hank that we never got to explore, which is probably a good thing. Fine by me. <laughs> I yeah. Don't I don't know. Like, I, I don't see a lot of cons here. What do you, do you got any other pros? You want to jump onto cons? I got a couple pros. Yeah. Um, well, not, I don't know if it's a pro, but I, I do have a note. Well, we'll do the cons or no, sorry. Tries again. Um, for the pros, um, it's weirdly on the nose for like the future of health food for like, Oh yeah, that's fofu for people who can't process tofu. <laughs> the tofu intolerant. God, yeah. God, it just got way too into like 20, I'd say, I'd call it like 2010s bullshit when suddenly everybody became like celiac and shit and just, okay, cool, well, here we are. Yep, no more gluten whatsoever. I, I do love that they were very much in, in the line of, uh, we're going to make fun of this and we're going to do it right. Because Hank straight up asks the guy, does any of this taste good? And he yeah. can't even say it does. Because it doesn't, even once. It's yep. 2021 now and like, Sorry, the Burger King Impossible Whopper, it tastes like ass. Like, Yeah. I, I have a couple notes, but I don't... So, I don't know. I, do you just toss them in there, man. Yeah, sorry. Well, because they're not pros, they're not cons. Um, Dale, so number one, uh, when Hank is kind of talking about this a little bit, Dale says, you should squat. And then it cuts, in my mind, to the um, Let's Fit All the People in the Portage on episode and Hank's taking a dump and Dale goes, he's a squatter. He's a squatter. And that's weird for me. And then it also makes me think, yeah. you think that Dale is a squatter and he's like a closet squatter. So he can't talk about it. He can't do it. So he has to make fun of Hank for it. But this is like that one time. 
You just don't talk about it. You don't talk about it. But Dale seems to be at the bottom of something. Um, Hank not eating bacon grease? Bullshit. We see in episode one, he makes that horrid BLT. <laughs> yes. And oh, uh. whatever. Um, the doctor's office scene is fantastic. And that's, yeah, it's all my pros. I, yeah. Bobby on the gut horn is great. And <laughs> the gut horn. And I have one, I have one <laughs> note and I don't even know if I'm going to leave this in, but do you remember being in college and taking like tandem shits together in the girls room at like two in the morning because we we're hanging lights? Yes. You, me, Shane and David, like, yes, I guess that's not even tandem. It's like quad. Damn. I don't know what you call that, but yeah. It was a bonding experience. That's what it was. Really was. But I I just had that note because he's in the, like, women's room at the uh, restaurant. And he Bit, sees, yeah, like, tampons on the wall and gets all bent out of shape about it. And No, I don't really have anything bad to say about this one. Well, I have one bad thing to say about this one, but... Oh, well, I mean, I've got some cons. Before we go into cons, I have one more thing I wanted to say, and it's... Yeah. The, we, we almost get into farce territory with how many people find out about this. I don't even know if that's you know? farce. I honestly think that's just, like, it's it's what, you've got a community group, or you've got, like, the little group of, like, eight people tops, and... Yes. So, Hank is already telling the guys in the alley, so that's four loose ends. Boomhauer tells his girlfriend... Or his date, whatever you <laughs> yes. his lady for that evening. I don't want to make it sound like he's picking up hookers, though. Um, but he tells her already, and he, Hank even goes, do I know you? No, you don't. Okay. No, you don't. Um, now, that's not too bad, but but Nancy addressing it on TV is what turns it farcical to me. See, that's weird to me. But then I think about it, and, like, remember a time when you just sort of knew everybody's problems? Like, pre-Facebook, yeah. but your parents were privy to, like, what was going on down the street? It was a time of phone trees instead of Facebook. Oh yeah. 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 I don't know, and it's even even still farcical or not. I do. And think not it, to it disagree with you at all. Story. Just I don't know. It's. Yeah. I definitely think it's an aid to the story because if you're gonna if you're gonna do an episode all about not being able to take a shit, you may as well involve as many people as you can, including yeah. C. Everett Coop, which is just the weirdest cameo. But it like, keeps reoccurring too. He shows up a couple times. He does. He Cotton is also makes my, reference uh, to him. Who is more ugly, Tilly or C. Everett Coop? <laughs> he does. See, C. Everett Coop is. Uh, he's probably got to be the. Um, he's got to be my, my time capsule character of the or time capsule reference of the episode, because, I'm not hardly anybody knows who the Surgeon General is to begin with. But I, I can't imagine that C. Everett Coop was like a popular Surgeon General. He was the so Surgeon the General under Reagan from 1982 to 1989. Okay. I don't know. That's something, I guess. It's something. But, all right, so cons. 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 Um, I have, I've got two glaring ones. Number one, if I bitched in the first episode about the, the over-recycling of Kathy and Jimmy and... Ashley Gardner. So you have Kathy and Jimmy and Ashley Gardner literally rehashing plot point number one. That fucking old lady is just, it's, I, I don't know. It gets on my nerves. Just pitch your voice down a little bit. Yes. I don't know. And I, I, it, I know it's stupid for me to get hung up on this little bit, but that scene with her in the, in the, in the proctologist's office or whatever, the gastroenterologist's office, Hanky. Is that you, Hanky? 
Why? Why are you here? I get I get your point. How in the hell? Hank is, what, 40 by this point, I think. How the hell yeah. is this cryptical dinosaur bitch going to be alive? Well, and recognize him. She hasn't seen him in 30 years. Yeah. Also that. Like, it's I don't know. Honestly, that one little scene derails the... It doesn't derail it, but it derails it for me. Sure. It, ta- then, it takes you out of the, the fluid story there. Which is sad, because, like, this is such a great episode. But then also... Um, so Luan pitches the Moxibush, help me out here, Moxibushinist? Moxibuctionist. Buxinist. Okay, whatever. Uh, Luann pitches the Moxibuctionist. Mr. I'm Lee. Not, I'm not going to say it right. She pitches Mr. Lee to Hank, and he says, if anyone ever did that, I'd kick his ass. And then he goes. <laughs> he pays for the treatment. He knows exactly what he's, doing, he's getting into. And then he goes and just assaults this dude. Those two <laughs> moments really just kind of f*** this up for me, because... Other than that, man, it's great, but mm, I don't know. How no, about you? That's, that's that's fair. The so the biggest con that I've got here because there's real I really only have one, and it's that if you're going to not have a B story, which we don't, and you're you're going to have something that revolves around taking a dump, mm-hmm. why do we barely see Hank's friends? This is what I was talking about earlier when you said that there is a lot, like I said, there's a lot of missed real estate. I, how is it that at this point, Dale or Bill or Boomhauer or all three of them are not constantly taunting Hank about not being able to take a dump? I think they know better. Because I don't think I mean, this is the yes. thing you make fun of him for. Because they kind of do initially. You can make fun of him for being blind, and you can make fun of him for getting a nose job, but you can't make fun of him for not being able to take a shit. He's not going to die from being blind, though, and it's temporary. Like, there's a legitimate concern where, like, Hank might, he could die from this. But even, like, I think there's a really, really sweet moment when Dale, it's Dale, right? He goes up to the door and goes, can Hank come out and fix my fence or whatever? Oh, no, he's having bathroom time. I think that's a yep. really sweet moment, like, and I get it. It's supposed to be a callback to, like, oh, childhood, hey, can little Hank come out and play, whatever. But, like, I think it's yep. a very sweet moment. And even just in that, like, you know that Hank probably already told the guys, like, oh, Peggy's got me on a bathroom schedule. And yeah, that's they're true. just kind of checking in a little bit, I think. I don't, I don't know, but... I know that Peggy does a very good job of isolating him for almost the entire episode. That's kind of like the main antagonistic point of the episode. Yeah. I don't know. To me, I just, it seems like they, they could have done something funny. I, I want to imagine that there is somewhere on that cutting room floor is some great material all about Hank not being able to take a dump that one of them or all of them has, has done. And we never got to see it at all. Oh, every time I watch this episode, I think, Oh, what could have been? No, that's a really solid point though. I like that. That's, because yeah, like, but I don't know because they're given their, their their remedies and stuff too, and yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that they all. De- <laughs> I actually I cannot imagine that um, Dale has any problems with constipation between all the Mountain Dew and cigarettes he smokes. Like, <laughs> if anything, Dale's just got the shits twenty four seven. That's why he's so damn skinny. Like, he's basically got an IV diuretic. Yeah. All right, Mark. What's your favorite moment of this of the this episode? Um. Honestly, it's when Bobby goes, I, I forget the, and I know I forget the line, but when Bobby goes, I'd like to be a proctologist and the assistant goes, uh, Mr. Hill, we're going to need you to unclench. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. And, it's, and that's one of those things. Like we talk about, we watched this when we were like little kids and we didn't know. And now I see that. I'm like, oh my God. And I, 
I even take note, like, how often do I, like, tighten my butthole at work? You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) (laughs) Right. How about you? What's your favorite? Uh, It's probably the most memed moment of this entire episode. Hank sitting alone by himself, staring down at the saddest looking salad while everybody is just going to town on ribs. I want to live in Texas, dude. Based off this episode, and it's like, he could have skirt steak and ribeye. Uh, yes, please. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and, and he's going to have a little bit more fried okra and some fried chicken. And, uh, and yeah, Oh, absolutely. I would stab somebody I, for good fried okra right now. Right now in this moment, <laughs> I will stab you for good fried okra. Like, not you because I love you, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you bring sure. me see Everett Coop's dusty ass. Oh, you get stabbed. <laughs> I don't know. The, the visual, just the visual of of Hank and everybody else around, it's such a good gag. It just kills me every time I see it. Yeah. Always get a chuckle out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to rate this bad boy, Mark? Um, I have one note. I have one note, and I don't know sure. if this bugs you at all, but it does me a little bit. Or it doesn't bug me, just another standout moment. Uh, Hank breaks the fourth wall in this one, and that's weird. He talks about, as an actor, I only do nudity if I feel it is warranted. Yes. That's weird. Is it Mike Judge saying this? Is it Hank Hill saying this? What if, what if Hank Hill the actor is, what if Hank Hill the actor is essentially what we see Boomhauer is? And like Boomhauer's character in the show is something that Hank Hill in the show wrote in the show to represent this side of his personality that he can't do as Hank. I don't know. It's just weird to me. It's a weird fourth wall breaking moment that happens a couple other times in the series. And I don't mm-hmm. dislike it, but it also kind of reminds me of TV in the 90s when they would like, you know, after the very special episodes of we've had a lot of fun here tonight, but 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 smoking marijuana is just bad. And if you do it, it's going to ruin your life and the life of everybody around you. Thanks, Tim Allen. Like, you know what I mean? It's just a weird. Absolutely. It's a really you talk about your like, um, I, and I forget. I'm sorry. I forget what you call the moments. Your 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 pop culture moments that stand out or like the, that are yes. like ground or like cemented back then. I think this is one of them. It because is. At this point, very special the fourth episode wall is moments. Wrote, but like back then it's like, ha 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 ha, look at Hank go. It's funny. I don't know. Just, yeah. That's, that's where I'm at with it. For sure. For sure. Well, let's get this guy, uh, let's get this guy rated then. Yeah. You want to tell everybody about our rating system, Mark? Yes, absolutely. Our rating system is broken down into several categories. Um, starting at the bottom with charcoal. It is a failure episode. You got it under my boy's fingernails. We're going to church. Let's pray. After that, uh, after that, megalo quality as a bronze. It's fine. Whatever. It's it, it's as good as you can get from you know brand name Walmart cereal instead of you know actual fruity pebbles. Uh, butane is our silver medal. It's okay. It's still a bastard episode. Uh, the Wagner Char King is our gold standard. It's the best in class. It's the best you're going to get for the money. And then if you have one that's better than that, it's the Texas or it's the blue flame of valor. And that is the best of the best reserved for literally only the greatest episodes. And that episode is called a beer can named desire. And for me, Johnny, I think this is a char King episode. I think that number one, it really, really makes Peggy into this is good. Peggy. This is Peggy before she gets weird. This is Peggy before she's, you know, smarter than you, Peggy. I love this Peggy. I love this Peggy and Hank. I honestly get a little weird about that scene in the hallway and Hank's talking to her and I'll love you and I'm going to job or whatever. And then he has to take a shit and just, (laughs) 
that whole thing. Yeah. And it's just so great. And it's so sweet. And she loves him and he loves her. And it's a great episode and I love it. And minus like me bitching about their voice recycling. This is a fantastic episode. I love it. And I forgot, I forgot what a good episode this was. It's pretty solid. I like that this episode's got some callback to later on in a couple of seasons. Yes. In the weirdest way possible. I was going to say, uh, that's one, it was one of my like little sticky notes that I, I didn't talk about was just that like, there's no way that he was able to unload that much material in about five seconds and only single flush it. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so if I got to give this, uh, this episode a rating, I got to say Hank's unmentionable problem for me, me personally, it's a butane rating. It's almost an Imperial for me. Okay. It's it's like riding that line real, real hard. Uh, I've found, you know, it's a really cool original story that hasn't been done before about a problem that is only addressed and only can be addressed in an animated show. Mm-hmm. I, I just think there's a couple of misused cues. I'm really sad I didn't get to see more of Dale, Bill, and Boomhauer in this. Like it just, it every time I watch it, it just chaps my ass. Okay. But, I mean, we've got some solid moments and... This is hands down one of the best slapstick Bobby episodes. Definitely yes. the best one we've seen so far. And we've had some good Bobby slapstick already. We we have. We absolutely have. And also, I think we were t- kind of hating on him being a prop comic in the last episode. But, man, you picking up the gut horn is the greatest prop comedy ever. Like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. All right, so uh, Char King for me and a, and a Butane for you. All right. Yeah, it's pretty wanna, good. It's pretty good average. Yeah, I, th- I think we're doing all right. You want to move on to our next one, buddy? Any final thoughts? or? Uh, no final thoughts, but do we have to move on to the next one? Yes, we do, and I want to talk about this one. This is a very special episode. We've had okay, a lot of fun uh, here tonight, Johnny. Uh, oh, man. Here we go. Westy's oh, side man. story. Let me uh, let me get you your air date, and I'll get you your characters here, because we get a lot of really a lot of really good characters here. Yes. And I'm just gonna let you kind of go to town for a while, because I I have a lot of personal problems with this episode. Yeah, that's that's we'll, that's fine. We'll that's get fine. there. Yeah. We'll get there. We will get there. So that's what we're here for. We're date. trying to figure out if this is a good show or not. This is uh, what what this is like. Yeah. Twenty five. No. How many years is this later? Like yeah, twenty eight years later. It, Fuck, it's dude. Remember in the original, like the first season of Mash, they had a black guy named Spearchucker as a regular character. Like, <laughs> like in we case can you just, guys couldn't tell. Can there's going to be some issues with cultural confidence here. We're just guys. We're looking at this objectively, and we're gonna we're we're gonna be sensitive here and 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 careful and loving. Just get after it, Johnny. Go ahead. Uh, all right. So our original air date March 2, nineteen ninety seven. Our cast of characters here for Westy Side Story is Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale, and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, and we've got some debuts for some huge players in this uh, in this series. Yes. Uh, they're going to be mainstays for the rest of it, and honestly, this is what saved... Their, their introduction is what saved this episode for me. It's the only reason it is watchable at all, and the only reason it should still exist at all. Okay. So we've got Khan, Min, and Connie Supanusimpone. They are Laotian. The ocean? <laughs> they are Laotian. Uh, we've also got some appearances by Cotton Hill, Joe Jack, and Maddie Platter is mentioned. Okay, Mark, you want to give me Johnny? a... I know I ask you this every time. Who is Maddie Platter? 
we're we're going to look this back up because I don't know who Maddie Platter is. It's, it's Peggy's mom, right? Is they call uh, her? No, no, maybe. I don't know. It's weird to me. I've seen the show like probably a thousand times, and I still just some characters. I'm like, who? it is. It is. It Peggy's is Maddie mom? Platter. Okay. Yep. I, I'm going to forget again the next time she shows up too. It's fine. Because I honestly forgot they mentioned her so damn much in these early seasons. Listeners, every time we forget who Maddie P- Platter is, you drink. You finish your beer. <laughs> if you have two, finish both of them. <laughs> okay, Mark, give me a synopsis of this train wreck of an episode. <sighs> okay, so I, 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 never mind. We'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry. So, uh, the hills get some new neighbors, and spoilers: in 1997, Texas, everybody in this neighborhood is white. Except for now, the Supanusen Pones, who are in fact Laotian. Uh, Khan and men are transplants from Laos. They have a daughter, Connie, who is an American, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, yeah, they came from Anaheim. Yeah, they came from Anaheim. Yeah, they're from, like, they've been here for a while. Um, I don't know. Uh, they, they come. It's a clash of cultures. Um, nutmeg is the problem to every, or is the solution to every problem that we have. And you, nutmeg and mesquite. Nutmeg and mesquite. You know, give flavor of wood. I don't know. I, I think. Okay, so there's a lot of cultural misunderstanding here, and I think that I want you to tell me why you hate this one so bad before I start getting weird and not apologizing for it, but like, because maybe you and I are taking different stances on this episode. We might, we might. So I mean, I, I make, I'm making a big stink over this. I do have some pros in here. The the biggest one for sure, because I want to start and getting into pros here. For our A story is Hank, Peggy, Con, and Min. Yes. Um, and our my pros here is that you know it's it's the introduction of a very important set of characters. They're going to be the savior of a lot of later episodes in the series. I think if I'm going to have any like a snowball's chance in hell of convincing you that this show is good post season seven, they're going to play a huge role in that mm-hmm. because a lot of their episodes they they're what saves them. Um, we also get a very funny Dale conspiracy that is just believable enough that the rest of the neighborhood will get worked up about it, even though it is very culturally insensitive. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not necessarily mad that this is the Dale conspiracy because this tracks with Dale. This goes with his character. Yeah. This is something that he would believe. And like, I'm not saying it's the right thing to believe, but it is. Um, and then we've real, got real like, quick, just call it just, for me. What's, what's Dale's conspiracy? Let's, let's just like, let's get this out of the way real quick. Uh, Dale's conspiracy because uh, Hank and uh, Hank, Peggy, uh, the, all the neighbors get invited to a barbecue at Con's house mm-hmm. and they have some really fantastic mesquite hamburgers. And Dale's conspiracy is that the hamburgers are made out of dog meat. Yes. Which is uh, very culturally insensitive because it was a. Uh, it's largely been thought that people in Asian culture, specifically China, eat dogs. But up until twenty what fourteen, when they outlawed that dog festival, they were actively eating dog. Just they were not exactly. to get weird about it, but like, and also to that point, dog was a big it, it is a pretty size or not big whatever part right. of it. It's also a weird right. great chain of being for America because why the hell are cows so sacred? But we love dogs and cats and like well as soon as you know. The Taliban takes over America again, 2.0. Why uh, we're gonna eat all of our cats and dogs? So that's all it is. But like, yeah, yeah. I know the the issue that I have with a lot of this, and it's, I mean, it's in the way a lot of the characters talk about it. It's it's very, 
Go ahead. Just say it. Just say it. Prejud- prejudicial. Okay. Like, it's very stereotypical. And it's just like, if you were to make this episode, if you were to air it now as a brand new episode in, in 2021, you would get canceled on Twitter so fucking fast because it is not culturally sensitive. It's not okay to do that sort of stuff. Well, so... Um, okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, the last problem I've gotten here, and we brought this up when we when we were introduced to John Redcorn, and it's something that the show does do very well, is it, it hires people of the correct ethnicity, mm-hmm. of the correct culture, to do those voices in a lot of instances. And Lauren Tom is an absolute gem of a human, and she does such a good job as both Min and as Connie. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, and I didn't know it until today, Toby Huss is our voice of Khan. You didn't know that? I did not know that a yeah. bald dude, bald white dude was the name of Khan. Yeah. And I, I'm, he does a great job of it. It just, in, in, now that I'm in this kind of like woke Well, you're in a, you're mindset, in a, a post-Twitter wokeness culture too at this point. I, I am. I am. So, I mean, I, I love Khan. I love what he, you know, the, some of the stuff that he does later on in the series. He's just fantastic. Looking at it now, it's just harder because now I know he is a bald white dude. Okay, that's fair. I, so. I think it's Apu syndrome, though. We're like, oh, Apu's so offensive. Yes. Well, no, he's not. Apu's a loving father, and yeah, he's a caricature, but no one's mad at Willie or Luigi. And yeah, I, I yes. it is my, and this is my failing, I guess, as a person, because yeah, should you get African-American actors to play African-American characters? Yeah, probably. But was yeah. Mike White as Cleveland Brown offensive? No, no one f***ing knows the difference. Right. And with this it's, one especially... It's with voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. But this one especially, like, I think that, like, yeah, the accent might be a little bit rough. Also, this is 1996. I really... Yes. It could have been so bad. It could have been so cartoony and, like, what, Mickey Rooney at Breakfast at Tiffany's. You know, buck teeth and glasses yeah. and shit. And even like, and not to get like, I, I don't know. I, I get hung up on what is ignorance and what is racism because they talk about a lot. Are you Chinese or Japanese? Hank has context right. for maybe two Asian races. And that is completely based off of his dad who killed 50 men in Japan. Like, yes. So he has, you, you can't tell me that Hank Hill, even once in Texas saw an Asian person. You know what I mean? Like, right. Doesn't exist. None of the guys have probably seen him. And then the only ideas that we have is like, but it's also weird too, because it's both sides. Like, are you Chinese or Japanese? But then Peggy comes up with like, this is like traveling to the Orient. Don't f***ing call it that. God damn it. Like, <laughs> yes. But, but again, but again, I have to here. stop and go, this is 1996. Like, yeah, we're, we can still say hard on TV. And I know I have to bleep that out, whatever. But like, and no one cares. Yeah. No one says shit about it. And I don't bleep that out too. But like, I don't know. I get hung up on what's racism and what's ignorance. And yeah, Toby Huss as Khan. Yeah, whitewashing character. That's bad. Sure, whatever. Yeah. Moving swiftly on from that, because I'm a big believer if you're going to go authenticity, well, then nobody can perform ancient Greek plays because nobody's Greek and no one fucked their mother. You know, like, so just already. (laughs) Sure. And that's me. Well, and I'm not trying to apologize for it, but go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm getting horned up. No, I was just gonna say to, to put a, (laughs) to put a pin in the Toby Huss thing. I think the important designation we need to make now is I know that Mike judge would make it a point. If this were made today in our culture, now it wouldn't be Toby Huss. That is what kind of changes my, my viewpoint of this a little bit. Okay. Like, yeah, it's problematic, but it, like you said, it's a product of the time. 
We don't have to like laud it. We don't have to really just go and say, well, you know, it was a fantastic thing that a white guy got an Asian guy's job. But I also have to know and respect, at least in my own opinions of what I've seen this guy do, if this were made now, Mike Judge would take this the somewhat woke route or at least the culturally sensitive route of making this an actual Asian actor. Yeah. So I will give him credit to that. That's fair. Yeah. I, I but yeah. again, I really I really get hung up on what is ignorance versus what is racism. Like do not attribute right. do not attribute to malice what you can attribute to, you know, just ignorance. Sure. And I'm I'm sure. not trying to make a state I'm not trying to make a case for it or anything, but like even Khan is bad. Khan is just as racist yes. as Hank. What what does it say? Yes. They uh, these rednecks, they get a bucket of chicken and watch Hee Haw. And as far as I'm concerned, like, if we're going to do this, <laughs> yeah. redneck is just as much as a racial slur against whites. Like, It absolutely is. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I. No, no, They're no, both the same. They're like, both literally the same, but they're just different. And it's, it, 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 I don't know. It's, it's how do you address a new culture literally? So, like, it, when they're moving in, when they're moving into the first bid, and hang off, oh, he handles a box, well, he does a football, Arlen's got a good quarterback, and all this shit, and they're just assuming that this white family is moving in next door to him. How do you right. address this? Because this is a thing that happened, especially in, in this time, or not, not in this time, but you know what I mean? Like, we're getting into a point, especially in America, it's getting different. Like, like white flight yeah. has already occurred and like white people are still really good at taking care of themselves. But at the same time, like, well, there's other people that are coming here. There's other people here. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I it's think almost that, gentrification. I think they handle this in a very sensitive way for the subject material, sort of the way that we talked about in the first episode where like, yeah, Hank is going to lose Bobby because the state thinks he's beating him. That is not yeah. a funny topic. That is not, there's nothing funny about that. It's terrible. It's cruel. No. It's bad. But like, there is no reason it should be funny. Yeah. But like, even with this, like, haha, there's an Asian family that moves in and it's real weird, but it is. You are shifting the entire like paradigm of this very, very structured white ass neighborhood. And I don't know. I think that they did it right. And then the climax right. of the episode is. Oh, you send your kid to bed without dessert. You do too. Oh, yeah, the fortune cookie's good. And even then, I think Khan's kind of taking the piss out of Hank. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, the cookie's tiny. But, like, fortune cookies are Chinese. Not even Chinese. They're an American invention. Like, yeah, Khan knows what he's getting into. He's had to deal with the shit in Anaheim. He probably dealt with the shit the first time he landed in California, you know? And I can't imagine the, like, and I have no bearing for this, but, like, God, like what? What the 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 King riots were in 1992, and Koreans and Blacks were like actively fighting in the streets. Like, yeah, I I have no grounding for this. I have no basis for this. But Khan's put up with this too. Khan is very very clearly racist throughout this episode, and even later on in the series. And I think he even gets away with oh, it. Oh, he's like, constantly racist. But like, ah, oh, hail Billy. That's his like catchphrase, you know. And and it's fine and no one cares. I don't care. I get it. It, it is what it is. It's satire. It's a joke. It's a goddamn sure. cartoon, but I don't know. I So and I think the other the only other issue that I really have with a lot of this, and you, you can correct me or you can – like you can let me know what you think yeah. after I bring it up here is this – it's very much like acceptable for certain characters. You know, yes. Dale, Dale is known to be like this crackpot that will look at every single conspiracy and he's going to take like the easiest route, which is definitely the most like prejudicial route. And somebody like Peggy, who is just naive, mm -hmm. is going to sit there and go, yep, I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to tell you all about how 
Uh, meat is so scarce in China that uh, you know sometimes you know people can't eat all this shit. Where like, did you hear that? It's acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. But with there's other characters. This is like the only episode where Hank really kind of gets into that because he's a lot more culturally sensitive. Now, to your point of saying like he. You know, he doesn't know much. He only knows, like, a little bit about specific cultures. Like, he makes everybody take their shoes off when they come into his house. He's trying he's, to be he's cool. He's showing. He is. He, so, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's just weird to me because this is the only episode that Hank does that. Because after this, and he makes it a point to say, why can't I just hate the guy? Why does? Why can I not hate him if he's a different color skin? And that I don't resonates hate him because so of that. deeply with me. Yes. He's like, I hate him because he's an asshole. Not because he's an Asian asshole. Like, like, you can hate people and it has nothing to do with their cultural identity. Absolutely, yeah. And and that's, so, it, that's weird know. to me, too, that, like, Hank is oddly the most, I guess you could call it woke. It's like, no, 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 I don't hate him because he's Asian. I, I, I just hate him. Like, can't I just hate yes. another person? And yes, the answer is yes. You can hate whoever you want. Just have a good reason for it, you know? Like, it doesn't revolve around, no, 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 my race and culture is superior to your race and culture. That doesn't count, guys. Right. <laughs> So, I don't know, that's that's really my con with a lot of this episode. We didn't really give a breakdown, but there's not much of a breakdown for this episode. It's a you lot know? of misunderstanding. They, they you talk make about a... farce. This one is a farce. Like, yeah, right? they just automatically... So, so, I guess we didn't really do it, but yeah. So, um, Lady Bird hangs a geriatric-ass red hound. Or, red hound. <laughs> uh, what's, it, what's it called? Bloodhound. <laughs> Bloodhound. Georgia Bloodhound. Blood, oh, by the way, I think it's a funny note. He talks about um, she helped her mama help find Earl Parker Ray. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I don't. It's the guy who shot Martin Luther King. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that's a uh, fun I did note. find it. It's weird. And then I think it's even weirder that, like, later down the line, they accuse Lady Bird of being a racist dog. And you want to talk about yep. an episode that does not handle race well, I... I would argue that one, but moving swiftly on from there. Um, so I was like, say, real quick before you go, yeah. uh, there's a continuity error because Hank talks about how he finally found a breeding partner for Ladybird, but yeah. we know that he doesn't try and breed Ladybird until like four seasons. Yeah, with Bucks. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, yeah. Um, no, so uh, the Super Newsome Pones have that little Highland Terrier doggy, which even that, like, I know he's like. I think that Connie speaks better English than Bobby, and that that seems kind of bad <laughs> for me. But whatever, I, I, I get it. English? I get English? You speak that. I get it. Whatever, whatever. It's funny. Ha 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 ha. But like, so the kid, the the doggy's a horny little dog, and Ladybird's in heat. So doggy, the Highland Terrier, starts humping Ladybird. That's funny. Con calling Ladybird a slut is hilarious. <laughs> I love how shitty the Super Newsome Pones are because like they do a good job. Like Min's a bitch about uh, Peggy's shoes. Like, <laughs> yes. that's great. I love that. I think that's hilarious. Oh, I'm wearing daddy's shoes. That's great. Um, I uh, So anyway, they let the dogs out to play. The dogs run off and then they go find him. And that's where Dale thinks, oh, they killed the dog and got more. And just misunderstanding. It's just stupid, farcical misunderstanding. It is very farcical. And it's fine. We have to do this. You have to adopt this. And you have to get that climax of, wait, you punish your kid the same way I do? Well, shit, we're the same person. Just because you're white and I'm not and whatever. But then See, Hank, even Hank's like that last line. There, the, like the last line of Hank is like, "All right, there, Mister Soup Moosepone or whatever." He makes a point. You see him trying to say his last name because even in the beginning. So do I call you Con? Like he is. Oh, he Hank, doesn't even try. Where, whereas, um, in where I complained a lot about in uh, Luann's saga, there Hank has no arc. Hank has the has a huge arc. 
Yeah. Like, they all do. And the Super Newsome Pones remain kind of assholeish characters to the hills, but still they're friends like uh, Min teaching Peggy how to cook with nutmeg. I don't know if that's a thing. Maybe I should start adding nutmeg to everything. I think that's hilarious. And she's like, <laughs> oh, add nutmeg. Like, that's great. Right. If you can get past the, like, I guess you'd call it cringe, like, oh, we should cancel this shit of this episode. This is a great episode. For sure. I, to your point that you made in the last one we talked about, this has got very much a a very special episode ending to it. Absolutely. So I just, I thought it was kind of funny that we literally just talked about that. But no, it's it's got its good moments. There's a... So you int- get introduced to the Supernusophones, and they are here, and they're here to stay. Like, they don't ever get rid of them. And Which is also see, like, super cool that they're still there throughout the run of the series, I think. Yes. Yes. But even no, then, like, they, I mean, some of the development you get as a character, like, some of the character development, like, Khan's manic depression in the later episodes. and Yeah. I think, I and you're saying, yeah, you already called it, like, Khan is a great character. Min is a great character. Like, they're all really solid characters. Yeah. Well, and they're already setting up Bobby and Connie, like in this yes. episode. Bobby finally has somebody that is like, hey, you've never met me before, and I'm just a nice kid, and, and we're going to be friends, right? And Connie's like, well, shit, yeah. Like, you want to be friends with me? I don't care. Because they're, <laughs> My they're dad 11 wanted years a old. Son. Yeah, so did mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's the hardest episode we've watched so far. Disagree, and I think but a okay. lot of it is just. What to me, and it, it is to me, and it's just because we live in this society, and it's really hard for me to turn that off now. Because every single day, I see something getting canceled on Twitter. I understand. I don't know. And I get, I totally get where you're coming from. I just before we get all knee jerky and stuff, I think that we need to look at like number one, the context of the situation of when it was first sure. brought up. And um, okay, so enough of that. We've talked way too much about why this episode is good or bad. What are your pros and cons, yes. notwithstanding everything we just talked about? Have you got any? Do you got any pros, any cons, or how about pros? Do you got any pros? Uh, all other than we just get a really good classic Dale conspiracy, man. Like it's it's good character development for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the, even at the end where he thinks he has gotten uh, blow darted by a mosquito, That's and he's hilarious. screaming at them, "Oh my God, suck the poison out!" Yes. <laughs> like it's 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 a solid Dale moment. It I I live for those. I yes, really do. Absolutely. How about you, Mark? I got a couple. Number one, I am vindicated. Now more than I've ever been in my life, because Peggy is talking about the pineapple will get hot on the pizza. Pineapple belongs on pizza, <laughs> goddammit. I don't care who you are, where you stand, it belongs there. Um, and also, Khan's Grill at the cookout is beautiful. I don't know what the, that, like, yeah. I think they animated gold foil or whatever underneath it. That damn, yeah. like, we, we talked about, like, them blowing the animation budget and, like, Bobby getting hit in the eye. Maybe that should be a theme is, like... Where do they blow the animation budget? And they blew the animation budget in this episode on Khan's Grill. Yes. Yeah, because they have one moment in every episode, and this is definitely Khan's Grill. Yeah. Can I just point out how endearing it should have been right away without all of this other weird cultural bullcrap that Khan also likes to grill? Yes. And he grills so well that all of them enjoyed it, except for Dale, who just didn't have any. Yes, absolutely. Like, that should have endeared them to be best friends immediately. Well, but he's not using propane, so already, you know. Uh, he's not, but he totally makes Hank, like, he totally, like, turns his mind around on it. Shut mouth and open You know, mouth, Hank yes. starts talking shit, and then he's like, oh, wait a minute, this is really good. Yeah, Abs- absolutely, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a really solid point. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I also have the note of 93 degrees in the shade. Fucking shoot me. <laughs> I know. I know. I just we're just never gonna live in Texas, man. That's what's happening. Thank God. <laughs> um, how about some cons? And I don't mean Mr. Mr. S. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Because I've got a huge I mean, one. I've got a horrible one. You go ahead and go for it. Because my biggest one was just, you know, it's the cultural stuff we talked about and, and how it fits with some characters. It doesn't fit with others. Yeah. And, you know, it's just hard to watch in an age of canceling and, and insensitivity. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think those are really solid points. So number one. Yeah. Um, men parades about in Peggy's shoes. I have this really weird continuity error here. We see Peggy... Uh, foot to foot and or barefoot in several situations with other adult characters and her feet are smaller than them. And I know this yeah. is a stupid nitpick, but I looked it up. A women's 16 is a men's 14. So like if she's the same size, that means that Hank and Bill and every other guy in the alley is rocking a size 14 shoe, which is already kind of weird. And that doesn't matter. Yeah. That's not nearly as egregious as this one. Peggy is rocking a sundress and Johnny Peggy is hot. I hate it. You know I knows? hate hot Peggy. It's not okay. Like it's, um, uh, <laughs> you're going to get hot Peggy again in the absolute best episode of this entire series. She's wearing the exact same sundress. It's the only <sighs> other time in the whole series. She does. I never, I don't know what it is. And again, like I am today years old before I was like, God damn Peggy. All right. No, no, you stop. They it. don't. Like, they don't do a very good job. And I think it's intentional. I'm pretty sure when they draw character models, they intentionally don't want Peggy to look good. But it's really hard to make certain characters look bad in a sundress. And I, she is not fat. You, you want to talk about like living in a, in a post-woke like age and shit. I live in a post-Twitter age. I'm living right now currently in a post-railed and sundress age right now. Just actively right now. <laughs> I'll rail Peggy in that sundress. And that is the greatest sin I can get. Like... Oh God. It's so, Oh God. <laughs> Thanks for putting that image in my head, Mark. Yep. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm not suffering alone and listeners. I'm glad that you are now suffering with us. <laughs> Other than that, that's all I got. I really do. I like this episode and it, it is tough to, it is kind of tough to toe that line of like, what is racist? What is ignorant? What is yeah. character development? Yeah. Toby Huss is sort of like a glaring, I guess you call it red flag and or black mark or whatever you want to call it, whatever color you don't like against it. But outside of that, I do think that it is handled sensitively. Um, and we'll get into this. I think it's the next episode when Hank is panicking about Khan being Asian and having to meet his dad and cotton looks at him. No, he's yeah. not. He's Laotian. Like, yeah. Somehow, like, cotton is more sens culturally sensitive. But I guess if you're killing people, you know what they look like pretty damn well, so. That's very true. You get to know them. You want to you wanna kick uh, which... in ratings lest we get too weird here on? I don't know. I, I, I've also I got thoughts? a favorite line for you. Oh, yeah. I always forget favorite lines. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. That's all right. My favorite line out of this one is definitely that propane gives meat ni nice taste of meat. Yeah. <laughs> It just, it kills me because it's, it's, uh, it's insulting enough, but also very much a Hank Hill thing to say. Yeah. But he's, well, he's a meat, company man though, you know, it's, we haven't really seen Hank as we see, we know that he sells propane. We know from order of straight arrow that he wants to do that when he grows up, but we haven't seen Hank getting fanatic at work yet. Right. Like that's not really a thing. It's not yet. Yeah. Not yet. We, we haven't even met Buck Strickland yet. 
Oh, God, that's a weird point, yeah. But to that end, we haven't met Cotton yet either. We see passing glances to Cotton. Yeah. I don't know. Just that's going to be a good one. You got a line, Mark, that you uh, that really stands out to you? You know, I don't, really. Um, There's a couple funny parts, but there's not one that, like, I can really pull from this one. I like, sure. I like him calling Ladybird a slut. I guess that's hilarious, but outside of that. <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's a good one. Because, goddamn, say what you will, like, Toby Huss delivers those damn lines, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, you know where I'm coming from with this. I'm not, I, you, we've beaten this horse already into the ground, man. I am sorry for everything. That's, it's that's okay. how I'm just going to end it's, this. I'm sorry for said. everything. It was going to happen. We'll get, we got it, here. We can move on from this, but yeah. Exactly. None of them are nearly as egregious as this one. So yeah, uh, not until we get to white power Bobby and that'll be a fun one too. I am curious to talk about that one with you. Yes. Because, again, (laughs) do not attribute to malice what you can attribute to ignorance, but yes. Sure. Um, Also, and I lost my train of thought, so Okay, so just out of curiosity, who do you think got done more dirty in this? John Redcorn? So, so far, John Redcorn and, like, the total trashing of his beliefs for a uh, Boy Scout ceremony, essentially? Or Mm -hmm. uh, the Super Nuisance Pones and, like, oh, yeah, they ate dog because they're Asian. Who do you think got it worse? Because I'm going to say John Redcorn. I, I gotta say John Redcorn because he's well. trying to like educate Hank and shit on this, and Hank's like, "Oh, that's some good stuff." Yeah, we we actually see some uh, some growth when it comes to Hank and his and his stuff with Asians. Mm-hmm. We don't ever see him ever really apologize to John Redcorn for that. No, but also we can all say that John Redcorn's a piece of shit. So whatever, <laughs> he is one fine piece of shit. <laughs> All right, let's give this bad boy a rating, Mark. Yeah, let's rate her. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give it a butane. It's a good episode. I like it. It's fine. It's funny. It does have a lot of moments here in 2021 that are not okay, and I accept that. And I understand that I, I guess I am just a racist piece of shit. But whatever. I am working on my own problems. How about you, Johnny? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say you're racist, bud. Not by a long shot. But you know what I we mean. We address I... a lot of this stuff, and it, no, for sure. Um, I gave it a mega low rating, but it, after this conversation, it's, I mean, it's, it's staying there, but it's a high mega low. It's almost a butane for me. Okay. Um, okay. we, without this episode, we wouldn't get con. And that's and where it is. Like, con, we need this to happen to get, God, yeah. there's so many, like, just, I'm trying to like, in my head right now, I am flashing through all these great con moments and even the great, we can even, I just kind of real quick, Hank and con begrudgingly become, I would say, best friends. I think that Hank gets closer yes. to Khan than any other guy in the alley because Khan is the closest to Hank. Yeah, Bill is really a sad is. pant load. Dale is an insane conspiracy theorist. Boomhauer, I've said it before, I'll say it again, he's a poon hound. You don't see him having deep thoughts. You know that Hank respects yeah. Boomhauer at least. But man, like the one that sticks out in my mind is when the kids go to the boneyard and Khan tells Hank about Possum Pate. And, you know? Yeah. And it's just such a... It's such a genuine, true moment. Like these are two; these are just two dudes from very different backgrounds that become friends. And really, later on, For like sure. yeah, they have their differences, they have their problems. Oh, also, final thought: What the fuck is with Boomhauer's mower? There, I'm done. <laughs> I wish I could tell you, man. But it's I've, just a I've wonky a model. Like they've all got the weird, like the big, you know, blockhead, and Boomhauer is the weird, like yep. stick. And I, glaring, <laughs> glaring in my mind, but whatever. It. It definitely isn't one of those sexy little imports, huh? 
Yeah, I don't know. It's like I said, we we get Khan, we get his family. And we get him. You have to get him somehow. Them, and I think get... I think this is a good introduction for it too, because it gets all this out of the way. Yes. Until you get to like Ted Wasana song, and then I think that's when it does kind of ooh ooh pin that thought because yeah. we have Hank's version of Westy Side Story later. And we'll get into it. We'll get yeah. into that in like 20 seasons from now. But yeah. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We've also got the banana episode, which I always forget about. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Anyway. So, but anyway, I mean, it's it's hard to watch today in our culture, but it, you know what? You only got to watch it once and then you get to meet Khan. So I'll watch it twice. Go. It's funny. There's some good moments. Weird back. There's a weird amount of background characters at Khan's Grill that messes with me. It's like, where the hell do these people come from? But. That's true. I don't know. That's that's he had to, he that's had to me being an animation for a jerk. reason. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark. Uh, so I gotta ask, man. You still like King of the Hill? Yeah, I do, and especially even after this one, I still really like King of the Hill because, like I say, um, I think they handled especially this episode and content very well. And uh, yeah, I still like King of the Hill. I am out of my uh, post Luan saga funk. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. All right. How about you? Do you still like King of the Hill? Oh, I still love it. Awesome. Problems and all, they all make up for each other. Do you guys still like King of the Hill? You can tell us by going to uh, danglepodcast at gmail.com or danglepodcast on Twitter. Uh, let us know there. You can let me know personally at Marky Stardust on Twitter, or you can let Johnny know by going to www.twitch.tv backslash krautball, as in sauerkraut and Swedish meatballs. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. Um, We'll talk to you all later taste the meat it tastes like meat not wood i don't know we'll see you next week everybody good night all